Today, Stephen's going to take a look at, wait for it, zombie companies. And uh, we'll find out with Roger Montgomery uh, just exactly what their position is at the moment. Mm. Who knows, really? And uh, we're also going to have Henry Jennings along to update us on the market and some of the companies making news. And we'll check out how the market is going and the currencies and commodities. Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard. Well, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride, they're telling us. A bit of a roller coaster ride in the equity market. In the equity market, yeah. A bit of a roller coaster ride everywhere, really. Well, commodities as well. What about gold? Well, gold was up another $13.56 to $2,698 an ounce. So Mm -hmm. that's uh, that's, uh, your rings becoming more valuable, Jane. (laughs) And the crude oil price was up um, 78 cents a barrel to uh, to $58.68. Okay. Um, the Australian dollar, you know, fell quite dramatically around the world this week. I mean, we were down almost um, two and a half cents against the US dollar, which is quite a significant movement to seventy dollars uh, seventy seventy point seven four US cents against the Great British Pound. Uh, we were down to fifty five point six one pence. Um, the New Zealand dollar, we were down to $1.08, and the euro, we were down to 60.68 euro cents. So, so last uh, week you were saying that we the US up, dollar was falling uh, against yeah, well, ours, but now ours seems to be falling for, yes, across the board. Yeah, falling hmm. across the board. Do we know why? No. <laughs> we'll find out, we'll I'm find sure, out eventually. I mean. um, uh, yeah, Australian, uh, the All Ordinaries Index was uh, up 42 uh, points on the week to 6,011 at the close yesterday, but it's down 63 points to this morning. So that so on it... the week we're we're um, we're down 20 points approximately. Mm. Yeah, okay. uh, the S and P 500 um, was down 120 points on the week to 3,236, and the UK FTSE was down 150 points to 5,899. So the equity markets were generally down around the world. Mm. Um, some some stocks kind of stocks that, that local we people like. Follow, yes. Yeah, for local people follow. Uh, BHP was down sixteen cents to thirty seven dollars and fifteen. CBA was down seventy three cents to sixty four dollars and twenty seven, and NIB was um, down uh, oh, up four cents to four dollars thirty, and uh, Telstra was up five cents to two dollars eighty seven. Mm, okay, still below three. Still below three. What uh, about oil and fuel? Dollar twenty one point nine in Newcastle, mm-hmm. which was up one cent, and in Sydney a dollar thirteen point eight, which was down ten cents, and uh, the diesel price in Newcastle is a dollar twenty point five, and in Sydney is a dollar sixteen. So we've got the long weekend coming up next weekend. So you, <laughs> well, you the think there might on, be a relationship? Uh, uh, well, that was your prediction in the past, <laughs> right? So we'll see on Thursday. We'll see on Thursday. Thursday finance on two and you are FM, and it is definitely time to take our in-depth look at the market, our weekly market update with Henry Jennings, senior market commentator at Marcus today. Well, hello to you, Henry, and Stephen is here as well. Hi, Henry. Hello, Stephen. Um, and uh, some interesting or surprising news to me. I mean, I, I never saw this coming, that the the MBN's now going to, you know, connect home to go to fibre to the home now. Well, yes. Wasn't this the idea at the beginning? Yes. 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 Um, so now they've said they're going to spend another four and a half billion on top of the however many gazillion billions that they've already spent on on the NBN, um, and you can request that your house gets connected to the fibre, as I understand it, and they're not going to charge you for the 
the connection, but they are going to, um, that's if you go onto a nice big fat plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking about 120 to 150 dollars a month in mm-hmm. terms of um, your NBN connection. So it sounds as though they are actually charging you one well, way or they're, another. Well, they're charging you round the back door, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Well, the fast the fast plan's about 100 anyhow now, isn't it? Uh, I think I pay about $99, and yeah. mine cannot be called fast. Yes. Uh, in fact, when it rains, mm. I get the spinning wheel of death. Yes. So, anyhow, so it might uh, it might cost you a dollar more to get fastness. Well, I actually just hotspot my 4G phone, okay. which, which is far better, and I now get such a massive allowance of data that it really is... The whole MBN thing is a little bit kind of, I hate to say it, but unnecessary. Yes. <laughs> so do, do you think it's going to affect any, I saw TPG made some announcement that's going to affect them. Um, well, I guess it depends on the wholesale price because yep. the phone companies don't make a lot of money on the NBN. The NBN charges them what they call a wholesale price for access, um, and then they put on their margin uh, after that. So if they're going to be charging 120 to 150 bucks for access for the wholesale price, and then you've got to put on the, the retail margin on top of that, it's going to be a little bit pricey, I'd imagine. It's, it's probably really only a business thing. Okay. Um, most people, I actually put this out in our Facebook discussion groups, so I just thought, you know, I'll get a few answers. Yeah. But it's amazing, you start mentioning the NBN and you just get an avalanche of people with, oh, mine's better than yours and yours is rubbish and yeah, yeah, um, all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, it's quite yeah. extraordinary how much interaction you get, but certainly the, the consensus seemed to be that nobody would be really dashing for a, a new super-duper fibre plan. But then, you know what? Who knows what the future will hold? We could all be working on Zoom forever and, and having to um, have you know, our, our offices virtual, oh. not, just, not just phoning in to conferences and things, but actually having real-time Zoom the whole time. Oh, well, I'm... I'm almost as good as being there. I'm pretty much Zoomed out. Um, I'm pretty Zoomed out. I've just spent an hour and a half on a buy now, pay later conference oh, on, on the oh. virtual world. You'd be Zoomed out. And yeah. Maya, Maya's trying to shrink the board and cut the director's fees just like their profits. We should we should Zoom that one out, shouldn't yes. we? That's, um, yeah, this is um, the latest salvo, I guess, from uh, institutional holders like Jeff Wilson and, uh, and Solly Lou, which who has a position in this one, they're 22 and a half cents. I mean, they're, they're becoming um, not an irrelevance because they're there around the, the shopping malls, but really and truly, I think, you know, they just need to, um, I don't know, shrinking to greatness hasn't really worked for the banks particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly not really working for Maya, and, you know, they, they're still um, struggling, although the online side is improving, they're still struggling to compete mm-hmm. with the other guys. The number of emails I get from Kogan every day is almost as many as I get from Motley Fool. Mm. Um, but um, you get one a month from Maya saying, I've got a cardigan for sale for you. Would you like one? You wouldn't wear a cardigan, Henry. No, I'm not a cardy kind of guy. No. <laughs> we'll come back in a minute and talk about a, <laughs> talk about a retailer that is booming. And I seem to remember at one stage you was offering Maya some advice years ago when that Dawn woman was there. To a new RFM's Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard in the middle of our market update with Henry Jennings. And uh, 
So, uh, so Harvey Harvey Norman's saying that their earnings are tripled, and it's been a crazy two months, and um, and uh, saying it's happening in their stores all around the world. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I was in Harvey Norman um, the other day, actually, to be honest, and uh, it was pretty busy. There were a lot of people in there buying stuff and sitting on sofas and things. And I, I was reading yesterday, actually, that the average person has spent. I don't know if there is such things as an average person. Maybe I should rephrase that. But we've spent $450 on average setting up our home offices. So a lot of that's gone to Harvey Norman. A lot of that's gone to JB Hi-Fi. I guess some of it's gone to Kogan. Um, and this whole nesting and cocooning effect that we've embraced in our, uh, in our COVID world has, uh, I guess, benefited Harvey Norman um, to, with the furniture, the white goods, the, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And if you're not going on your holidays... If you're not spending a fortune traveling overseas or going to Bali or wherever, mm-hmm. then the money is going into making your home a better place to be. If you so, can get someone to do the work, of course. Well, yes, but it's easy to, to buy a new yeah, place. Yeah, it's easy to buy. Buy, yes, buy, yes. buy stuff. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, you're right, if you can get someone to do the work, because, of course, that's not easy at the moment either. It's, ah. COVID's ah. surprisingly throwing up a lot of the bifurcation of the economy, which um, is a bit of a, um, a strange phenomenon. This so the V-shaped recovery, they're now talking about the K-shape recovery. Oh, oh I haven't where, heard that. Yeah, where, where some things are going gangbusters and other things are going down the toilet. Oh, well, I, I predict the, uh, the coastal tourism um, venues in New South Wales are going to have a boom at Christmas. Yeah, I've just booked Noosa for the have first you? for four days in, in the beginning of December. Oh, and uh, it's it's cancellable. Oh, good. I was going to say, that's brave of you. <laughs> Anyhow. Well, for free cancellation, so if they don't open their borders by the, by the 24th of November, I can cancel it. So, uh, somewhere else. so are we seeing the beginning of the end of the fintech with this plenty um, IPO $1.16 and coming on at $1.40? Yeah, no longer the land of plenty, is it? Yeah. Um, to, to, uh, to quote Colin Hay... Um, and men at work. Um, yes, it's, um, it was a little bit disappointing, to say the least. I have to say, m- most, of the, um, most of the IPOs we've seen recently have gone absolutely gangbusters, but this mm-hmm. one clearly hasn't. And I guess um, I'm always a bit suspicious about stocks, a bit like Prosper and mm-hmm. Plenty. With these names. The names, yeah. yeah. You know, they, they're just so, um, so open to doing the reverse sometimes and, and plenty seems to be not quite so plenty and prosper doesn't seem to have prosper. done what it said on the box either so yes. um i think there are some you know there are question marks over a crowded space i guess um and you know it's always a question of valuation isn't it and the, and the problem is that if you come on as an ipo and you struggle and you go backwards you've got a lot of very upset new shareholders mm-hmm. that just dive out move on to the next big mm-hmm. thing Mm-hmm. Um, and you're forever tarred with that brush, and it does take an awful long time to, to find mm-hmm. your feet again, find that support, and convince people that you didn't just actually just take the money and run, mm-hmm. and that you are a sensible business. So I think plenty have got plenty of issues ahead of them. Yes, and then New Hope Corp um, 
Well, I had a had a bit of a problem working out what they actually did, but they've lost 156 million, 738 million, which yeah. is uh, uh, which is um, a lot of that's non-cash, of course, and yeah. they seem to have made 80 million underwriting in in underlying profit, and yeah. they're now claiming that they're back in the black at current coal prices. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, good luck, is all I can say. Um, commodity prices are a bit on the nose. Uh, we've seen iron ore drop from 130 to uh, what is it, 114 at the moment. Coal has been under some pressure for some time. Um, and Whitehaven, No Hope, um, and a bunch of other coal companies have really been struggling. Uh, you know, you can fiddle with the numbers. I mean, yep. you can torture the numbers and then there's lies lies and statistics or whatever it is, but you can torture the numbers basically to make whatever you like and call it non-cash. I'd love to be able to do the non-cash right off on my own things, but um, we can't do that. But yeah, it's a hard game at the moment, the coal. Mm -hmm. It is a hard game. People are are focusing on cleaner energy sources. We've had um, Tesla Battery Day this week, Mm -hmm. uh, which has been a, a major focus, which was also a major hype and then flop as far as um, the event was concerned. There were so many people talking about the battery day, and then it just sort of flopped. But, yeah, New Hope and Coal, um, I guess they're yesterday's heroes. But um, no, no real sign of pickup in the share price, I have to say. No. So, anyhow, we might, we might come back next week, and hopefully uh, something has picked up by next week. Well, we're a week closer to the election in the U.S., which is going to be... Uh, Interesting. Yes, it's very much the focal point as we get closer. I think we're 26 trading days till the election. And we must be about 95 days till Christmas, I think. Well, I see. Do you know what was the scariest thing I heard yesterday? Oh. Bruce Springsteen was 71 years old. Oh, well. <laughs> well, go away and sob into your pillow, Henry. Okay. Bye, Henry. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Join RFM's Thursday Finance. And, uh, well, we like a little bit of zombie every now and again, don't we, Stephen Pritchard? So, <laughs> Roger Montgomery, who's from Montgomery Investment Management, uh, joins us now to talk about zombie countries. Yes, I was Companies. Just- I was, companies. Oh, companies. I was yes. just thinking, Roger, it's, um, the world's completely changed since you were last here. I mean, we were, we were supposed to come on in April or something, and then the, the radio station went on this hold and no one was allowed in. And so it must have been last year that you were here. So completely different world now. Yes, indeed. And, um, and even before the pandemic hit, um, you know, we were cautious about some of the valuations that we were seeing in particularly in tech stocks and the and we'll talk about zombies in a minute but the rise of zombie companies started to um hit some of the headlines that that we follow uh and um and since then we've had obviously the the 40 percent decline in in markets roughly 30 to 40 percent decline and then a subsequent 50 odd percent or 55 percent rally and now we're back to where we were or beyond where we were before the pandemic in terms of valuations um the market is very expensive one of the one of the things that we look at uh, or that we um, we don't concern ourselves with in terms of buying businesses but we're always interested to know where the market in aggregate is and 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 when we look at price to earnings multiples for the asx 200 the the australian index 
the top 25% or the most expensive 25% or quartile of stocks um, is trading at 42 times earnings at the moment, which is about almost 70% above its long-term average. And when I say long-term, I'm talking about over the last 20 years. It's now exceeded the valuation or the multiple that it was at prior to the tech bubble bursting. Mm-hmm. And, and even, the, even the cheapest quartile of stocks is trading 25% above its 20-year historic average. So, um, so the market overall seems to be expensive again. Part of the reason for that is you know, these, these tech stocks, the speculation in tech stocks, which we'll talk about in a moment, and, and, and it's despite the sort of underlying difficulty that the economy is facing and is only being supported or sustained by government largesse. Yes, uh, it doesn't kind of make much sense, does it? The market's going uh, one way and the economy's going the other. Yeah, indeed. Um, now, what's interesting is if, if, and I'm going to attempt to do a little bit of arithmetic on radio, which will be a first, and, um, and I don't know how successful that will be, but let's see. Um, one, of the things that, one of the things that we can do to assess a, a reasonable price-to-earnings multiple is a, is a calculation where we compare, or we add the, the bond rate, the government bond rate, which is a sort of a proxy for a risk-free rate. We add on to that an equity market risk premium. That gives us something called an earnings yield or, or the sort of the return that we want for buying stocks. Um, and then if we divide that into 100, we end up with a price-to-earnings multiple. And so recently, the Australian government uh, issued a 31-year government bond uh, and it was oversubscribed and it uh, settled at about 1.9%. Um, the equity risk premium at the moment or the return above bonds that people want for the risk of investing in the stock market is, I mean, you can argue this number, but uh, at the moment people are saying it's it's around 3%. Mm-hmm. So if you add 3% onto 1.9, you get an earnings yield of about 5%. If you divide that into 100, you get 20. Yes. So, you know, the... the the, arguably, the fair value of the stock market is is 20. The ASX 200, in aggregate, is trading at about 19.8. So it seems like it's fair value, but of course it's being dragged down by the banks. If you take the banks out of it, um, the PE is about 30. So mm-hmm. it would be a bit expensive. So on the one hand, it looks cheap. On the other hand, it could be expensive. You've got these extreme outliers, as I mentioned a moment ago. And then the other thing that's interesting is that whenever a recession ends, and I'm not suggesting we're at the end of a recession at the moment, but but when we're in the recovery phase from a recession, historically stock markets tend to do well. Uh, And so it it could be that we're just at the beginning of a bull run, but I suspect given the underlying concerns about valuation of technology stocks, given the rising level of zombie companies, and we'll talk about those in just a sec, and, and the rising level of bankruptcies, I suspect that, on balance, I'm leaning. You know, I'm leaning towards the a, a bubble type scenario for these tech stocks, and a, and and any fall in those tech stocks will probably drag the rest of the market down, as it did in previous episodes. Mm. So, what 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 do you mean by a zombie company? What 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 is a zombie company? So, a zombie company is a company that can't pay its interest expense or its interest bill from its earnings before interest and tax. So its pre-interest, pre-tax profits aren't sufficient to pay the interest on the debt that it already has. 
And that's despite, the, you know, and the, the numbers are rising, and that's despite the fact that interest rates are at historic lows. So if we look at the US, for example, amongst the Russell 3000, um, which is the, their small companies index, mm-hmm. and by the way, at, at its peak, Apple's market capitalization was more than the Russell 2000 index. So Apple's market value was higher than the 2,000 companies in total um, that make up the Russell 2000 index. But amongst the Russell 3000, which takes into account some of the, their micro caps, micro companies, um, the proportion of companies unable to pay interest on their debt from profits for at least the last three years has gone up 50% uh, from 10% uh, back in 2017 to almost 16% today. And just before the tech bubble burst, it was at about 16%. Now, okay. what's, what's important to note is that that's not a signal the market's going to crash. It doesn't mean that you know, the, the economy is going to blow up, which I think it already has. Um, uh, it could go much higher than this, uh, but, but it's, it's significant that despite these very high valuations, there's an undercurrent of challenges for the economy with a lot of businesses unable to pay interest. Now, imagine what happens if the yield curve steepens and the bond, bond rates start yeah. to go up, even if central banks don't raise rates at, at the short end of the yield curve. Uh, if the bond rates start to go up, just because people are worried, um, uh, then what you might find is that a lot more companies will go broke. And they're already, they're already going broke at a rapid rate of knots, in fact. Thursday Finance and Roger Montgomery is with us at the moment and we're talking about speculative companies and zombie companies. So do we have comparable numbers for Australia, Roger? Um, yes, we do. In fact, it's about 13, uh, 13% for the ASX 300 that are trading uh, trading arguably insolvent. <laughs> so if they can't, they can't afford to pay their interest. How, how are they getting money? Are they just getting more loans? Well, they've been either been either been securing more finance, uh, or the banks are turning a, a blind eye. Or their lenders are giving them a holiday. Right. Um, so you know, it really has been difficult for business. You know, over the past six months, um, businesses have had to completely reorganise their supply chains. At the same time, they've had to set up remote operations in many cases. Um, they've had to raise capital. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a, a horrendous year for, for business. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that so many of them uh, are facing are facing challenges. The longer this goes on, mm-hmm. uh, foot traffic's impacted. Obviously, um, there's been a huge number. Retail has really been hit hard. Um, mm-hmm. And if you just look at the US, you know, there are really well-known names like um, JCPenney, Neiman Marcus. Uh, I always thought, mind you, I always thought department stores were, were the walking dead anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, that's certainly, certainly come to fruition now. Um, and, you know, brands like G-Star Raw and GNC and um, I'm just trying to think of a few others, True Religion, uh, J J.Crew, um, Yes. You know, they've all they've all filed for bankruptcy this year. There's mm-hmm. there's there's a you know a list as long as your arm of companies that have become bankrupt. So with all this doom and gloom, where where should people be looking to put their money? Well, that's a that's a great question because there's a number of answers to that. So so there's a, a couple of themes that make a lot of sense. Um, there's there's those that there's there's a theme that was already in train before 
before COVID impacted the economy and people's behaviour. And one of them is uh, cloud computing, for example. Cloud, cloud today is where smartphones were in 2008, uh, where music streaming was in 2005 or 2006, and where laptops were back in 1998. Uh, and so, you know, cloud computing and the, the idea... So for people that don't know, the cloud is where a lot of software is now stored. So, for example, you don't buy a Microsoft Office disk that has Excel and Word and PowerPoint on it anymore. Um, it's in the cloud and you subscribe to it. And pay more. Uh, of course. Um, and, uh, and that's why Microsoft's so valuable. Uh, and, then, uh, and then your videos, for example, that you're watching... Uh, all the streaming movies and all of the content on on Instagram and all of that sort of stuff that to to avoid um, poor latency issues um, that needs to be delivered fairly close to where you are viewing it and so what happens is the the Netflix of the world and the Instagrams of the world they ship all of those videos to cloud uh, warehouses or data warehouses closer to uh, closer to us. Uh, and so, for example, in Sydney, there, there's a few in Macquarie Park, yep. uh, and 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 then that's that, so. There's two examples of how the cloud is used, and then another one is a lot of enterprises, a lot of businesses are realising, well, we don't need a data room in the basement of our building with huge fans and cooling systems and racks and racks of computers. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can outsource that now to a specialist data centre provider. So that tre- those trends were already in place and they're just ramping up. And what, what coronavirus did or what COVID-19 did, what the pandemic did, was it actually accelerated a lot of that because as people moved home to work, um, they, they increased or brought forward a lot, of that, uh, a lot of that requirement for data stored in the cloud. And all of the Zoom meetings that everyone's having and the Microsoft yes. Teams meetings, yes. they're all stored in the cloud. So companies like um, Megaport, NextDC, Macquarie Telecom, uh, you know, they're the sort of businesses that are, are uniquely placed in Australia for, a, I think, you know, a multi-decade runway of growth. So that's the first one. Um, the second one's uh, e-commerce. And, and again, the, the pandemic brought forward uh, or accelerated that trend. Um, and we've seen companies like Kogan and uh, Nick Scarly and so on, and, and even Accent, which owns the Platypus and Hype DC shoe stores, they've all reported phenomenal growth in their, in their online sales. But, but if you think it's over, you might be mistaken because in Australia, online retail penetration, excluding groceries, is only about 11%. And the developed world average is double, almost double that. Oh, okay. uh, and so there's still a lot of growth there as well. We're going to have to finish up. We're running out of time here, Roger. It's really interesting really topic, interesting. though. Who's a winner, who's a loser, and how do we help get on the bandwagon as well? But... Uh, Okay, thanks for coming along, Roger. Always good to hear from you. An absolute pleasure. We look forward to talking to you again. I'm more than happy to share a few more themes with you. Okay, thanks, Roger. Fantastic. Thank you, Roger. Roger Montgomery from Montgomery Investment Management. And uh, that's bringing Thursday Finance to an end. Uh, Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. We'll be back again next Thursday after the midday news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.